Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. We have super exciting news and a super exciting topic today. Katina, do you want to tell us what we're talking about? Yes, today we are discussing an article that I wrote. So I'm very excited for that. (laughs) It's so exciting. Fewer and further between that we get to review our own articles. So this is fun. And also, you know, usually I have to read the article in order to be able to review it. But this one I know pretty well. (laughs) So I didn't really need to do that this time. (laughs) It's all in your brain. It's all in your brain. It's all in my brain. Very true. That's so exciting. I'm so excited. Well, congratulations on getting it published. Thank you. Um, It took forever. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If you download the article, um, you can see um, it just came out a week ago. So it's brand, brand new. But um, I was like mourning the fact that it says somewhere on it, like when it was submitted and when it got accepted. And it's like a two year gap that it was just under review. So. Yeah, it's just been wow. so long. I'm like, oh, God. So anyway, it's just like so nice to be like, it really does feel like a little research baby. I'm like, you're born. Go make friends. <laughs> Go lead a very productive life. Yeah. Go spread the word. Go find some people. Make me proud. <laughs> so you yeah, get so cited a lot. <laughs> Yes, exactly. That's why I wanted to make friends. Uh, (laughs) It's the goal. Uh, But yeah, so we'll be talking about that. But the topic of the article, besides the fact that I wrote it, uh, the other thing about it is the topic. Um, And it's on mindfulness, which we've talked about before. But it's specifically about how mindfulness promotes gratitude at work. Um, So we know that gratitude is really important but we don't know a lot about how we get people to feel more grateful at work. And Mm -hmm. uh, we're also going to talk about when people feel more grateful at work, what sorts of outcomes are linked to that, that workplaces might care about. So we've talked about mindfulness and gratitude before, and now we get to see how they work in concert. Exactly. Exactly. Yay. That's exciting. I'm very excited to hear about it. I'm excited too. I sent it to my whole family because some of, um, some of my family members, um, not be known to me, like completely blind. I was completely blind to their participation in their data, et cetera. But because I was recruiting through social media outlets and things like that, some folks that I know who were, were in the study. Um, and, uh, I sent it to everybody to be like, this is it. It's done. And like, I just feel so bad because I'm sure they're like, what the, like, this is like, Like, we don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know they care, but it's also like, here's a beastly thing that like is really boring. Like, enjoy. Like, (laughs) you can send them this podcast episode then instead. They can say, hey, you don't have to read that article. Here's the episode. Yes, I guess that is the point of what we do, huh? Um, So, yes. So, (laughs) so, uh, but yes. So, in any event, I'm really excited to tell everyone about it. And I think the findings are really cool. And yeah. So, but before we kick into that, um, how are you doing? How is your, how is your Monday going? Oh, Mondays. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, It's, everything's fine. It's just been a little bit hectic at work. Um... Yeah, just trying to to navigate the new world that I'm in. So it's been interesting. But overall, I'm enjoying the challenge. I mean, obviously, you know this about me, that I like a challenge. So here we go. We're going to tackle it. We're going to make it work. Um, But yeah, things overall are going well. It's really warm in L.A. 
like Ooh. so warm. It feels like summertime. I went to the beach Yay. with my mom over the weekend and uh, nice. it was so lovely. So great. That's beautiful. Yeah. That is so beautiful. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty nice here too. Um, it's like actually kind of more like my favorite-ish weather because it's like in the high 60s, low 70s. It'll soon start to get like really hot here and then I'll be like, because it's so humid. Yeah. Um, but so, but this month is nice and I think next month will be nice too. Um, so I've been sitting outside a decent bit um, and I got that treadmill um, mm-hmm. that goes under my desk and that's been awesome. So I'm so been, jealous. I really let, I mean, it's like so cheap. It's like the, it was like so cheap. I got off Amazon. It's like not a fancy treadmill at all. And, um, and I just like have been getting on it in any meeting where I feel like it's the, the people won't care. And it's, I've been walking like four miles a day on it. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. great. So yeah. I'm like, this is great. And I feel so much less like a bag of bones I was feeling like an old bag of bones just like flopping around my house like I was just (laughs) feeling like everything was like hurting and I was just like like creaking like whatever so since I started doing this like really a lot of the pain that I was experiencing has gone away I'm like this thing's a magical magical little tool for me yeah yeah I you have inspired me and I'm looking into a couple different things because I totally think the walking is probably the way to go but I'm trying to figure out how to make it work in my space because mm-hmm. I, I also thought like, okay, like I've seen those desks you can get for the Peloton, but then I'm like, is that really a viable like video chat option? Yeah, like right. you kind of have to lean forward when you're cycling and it, like, yeah. I don't know. It just feels like it might be a little bit awkward. Um, I'm debating just like the little like tables that go on it are not that expensive. So I'm debating just getting it and seeing. Uh, yeah. But then I'm trying to figure out like what, if I wanted to get a treadmill, how can I make it fit in this space? And I'm going to need like some sort of raised desk thing for the computer. Mine's very tiny. Like it's does, it doesn't take up a lot of space at all because we don't really have space either to have it. And, um, Luckily, our coffee table downstairs in the basement is on wheels like it rolls, which sounds Mm. weird, but you can't tell it's on wheels until you try to push it. Um, And so I just roll that out of the way and then roll my tread and it stores standing up. So it's like vertical, skinny and vertical. So it just like takes up very little room. And then it's all it has a one one end that has wheels. So I just roll it in, roll the coffee table out, roll that in, set it up and then roll it out. And I honestly put my computer on like my book of CDs from high school that I still have. Like it's not a real setup. Like it's like, it's just, I just, all it needs to be is higher than it is. Right. But it doesn't need to like do more stuff. Yeah. So, so like, do you honestly, have it like I just propped it on things? Okay. So you have it on like the table that you normally use and then you just propped more stuff underneath it. Right. Exactly. Like you could do like a bin, like a bin and then something else or just a bit like who knows how high it needs to be. But like it doesn't I realized like all I really need to do is make it tall. Yeah, and, that's true. And I'm going to put it away like because it's like in my living space. I'm going to put it away while I'm not using it. So like actually having a desk is kind of more annoying because it's like another thing that I need to figure out where to put. So I was like, I'm just going to like put it on something like all it needs to be is high, but it doesn't matter what it's on. Um, 
So I kind of, I mean, it looks stupid. Like if you look at it, it looks stupid, but who cares? Like nobody's looking at it but me. True. Yeah. I'm thinking about like one of those, um, like I have my laptops already on like a raised thing, you know, like the stands, but those aren't quite tall enough. So I feel like I was thinking about just like even a little like box or something that it can just pop underneath that and raise it a little bit more. Yeah, Um, exactly. That would probably work. It's like, yeah. I mean, I really liked it a lot and it's just like, it's just like time when you're not doing anything else any anyway except listening to the meeting so I'm like this is helpful so I've been finding it good and then yesterday we took a really long walk down to the water in old town so that was nice and it's also nice to just see like I mean I hope that everyone that's out there is vaccinated but um but like (laughs) the life like rejuvenating to this area yeah because it's usually such like an area that has so many people out and about doing things and just to see like people like out and like around because we moved here during quarantine so like even since we moved to this specific neighborhood it's been completely dead so it's so nice to be like our neighborhood is alive like (laughs) with people and like things are going on and there's a lot of people eating outside and just like things happening where I'm like oh yay like this is so fun we can actually like see what it is like to like live here for real Oh, that's so good. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I feel like things are just definitely on the up swing, yes. if you will, in this area. I know that there are some states that are struggling still, so feel feel for all of you out there, but we're really lucky here, and it's been nice to get out. And yeah, I mean, my mom and I went to the beach, and then we, we had like a little girls' day, if you will, and, and then we walked around like this shopping center and had like ice cream, and it was just like... Nice. It felt more normal. I mean, you know, obviously around masks and all that kind of stuff, but it felt more normal than it has in a while. That is awesome. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. It's just like, that's the thing is that it's just seeing things come back. It's like a little like seed of hope, you know, seeing things come back and be normal again. is like lovely. Totally. Totally. It's true. Well, well exciting. And, it, you know, we're being very grateful Yes. For all of this that's changing Perfect. and going towards the better. So we'd love to hear more about gratitude. From yes. Study. Yes, we can. Okay. So my, for, well, first my paper is called Being Present and Thankful, a Multi-Study Investigation of Mindfulness, Gratitude, and Employee Helping Behavior. And it's by me, Christian Thorogood, um, Ellie Stillwell, Stillwell, Michelle Duffy, Kristen Scott, and Liz Adair. And uh, it just came out a week ago in the Journal of Applied Psychology, as I said before. Um, yes. So let's talk about this paper. So the basic idea is that we know that gratitude is pretty important in organizations because organizations need people to, um, engage in social exchanges. So when someone does something nice for you, you feel grateful and you're more likely to return that favor back to them. Right. So it's this like social exchange mentality. Um, And so we know that gratitude's important for workplaces to cultivate because we want people to feel grateful for things that they receive so that they're more likely to give back and we can create a culture where people help each other and do things for each other that help to move projects forward and become more collaborative and facilitate teamwork and all that kind of stuff. Um, But we don't know a lot about what makes people feel grateful 
um, other than just if someone proactively helps them, right? We don't know how to prompt feelings of gratitude um, in places where they don't otherwise exist. So in the absence of someone going out of their way to do something nice for you, how can you actually cultivate gratitude from the ground up? If you're not already in a culture where people are likely to do that, like what sorts of things actually just make people feel grateful in themselves, right? Okay. Um, and one of the things that people suggest is that you could do things like an appreciation program where you bring people together and you have them say thank you to each other or things of that nature. But what we're suggesting in this paper is that what's really necessary for gratitude isn't that you need to necessarily be in a place that's like full of people just helping each other all the time, but rather that most of us are in situations where people help us pretty frequently anyway. Like most workplaces and the normal day, you're getting some kind of help from your coworkers. You're getting help from other people. Um, and so it's not so much like increasing the amount of help that people receive that's necessarily needed or forcing people, not forcing people. It sounds like it's rude, but like <laughs> making people get in a rude room and say thank you to one another, because that's sort of a byproduct of being thankful for something, right? Like my expression of the thankfulness means that I already feel thankful and I just haven't said it. So, right. um, so a lot of these ways that we've sort of um, said to promote gratitude, we think are kind of not getting at like the root cause of what might make someone grateful. And so what we think if organizations really want to improve gratitude, the idea is that people need to be able to pay attention to things that are already around them that they could be grateful for, but they're just not noticing because they're too stressed. That makes so much sense because people can do things for you, go out of their way during the day or even just, you know, give you a little bit of advice, you know, in a regular call. And that is something you could be grateful for. But if you're not noticing, or if you're not paying attention, then you're not going to be grateful for it. I totally, I can totally see that. Cause I was just thinking as you were talking, I was like, okay, let me think about my day and what was I grateful for? And there's a lot of things that people did for me today that I didn't thank them for. <laughs> like, right. Right. And, exactly. and I feel like I did the same thing. And to some, you know, for some of my colleagues, they didn't thank me. That's fine. Like, I don't necessarily need them to thank me. That's totally fair because like you said, it's part of the workplace to have these social exchanges, but I could be more grateful even without necessarily saying it all the time um, for what I'm experiencing. Yeah. So it's not so much that people either um, are not, are experiencing gratitude, but aren't given a venue to express it or that they're, they need to experience more things to be grateful for. It's more like people just aren't noticing what they could be grateful for because they're too honed in on what's going on in their work day and things that are sort of capturing their attention. Um, so instead of being like, oh, we need to create more helping, it's like, well, actually, you might be in a pretty helpful workplace already, but people aren't are just not taking the time to recognize that. Or we need to give people the venue to say thank you, like an appreciation program. But if I have not noticed a bunch of stuff that people have done for me, I might get into that room with an appreciation program where, you know, you get into the room and the goal is to say thank you to people for the things that they've done. And someone might be thinking like, oh, great, today so-and-so is probably going to thank me for whatever. But if I've been so distracted on my own by what I have going on that I don't even remember that that person helped me, that could actually backfire in some ways, mm -hmm. right? Because people are expecting that I'm going to thank them and I didn't even notice that they did anything for me to be thankful for. So our kind of... um hypothesis in this paper is that the root of what makes grateful feelings manifest is being able to notice the things around you that you have to be grateful for. 
Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Totally and so I so think sense. about it uh, like uh, when uh, throughout the workday, um, Brendan is much more of a caretaker than I am. Like he thinks of caretaking things much more than I do, which we're both like aware that that's the case. And so throughout the course of the day, he'll bring me sometimes like a cup of coffee if he knows that I haven't had like a second cup of coffee or he'll like bring me a snack or like something like that. Right. Um, and sometimes I'll be so absorbed in what I'm doing that he'll come in the room, he'll put the coffee down and he'll leave. And I won't notice for like 15 minutes until after he's gone that he has done that. Right. Like, because I'm Mm -hmm. just like absorbed in what I'm doing and not paying attention to what's around me. And so our goal is to get people to recognize like, okay, what, so we started thinking about what could get people to get out of and like unmired from the stressful things that are taking their attention at work away from recognizing things that people do for them that are nice on a regular basis that could get them to recognize. So like you don't need to do anything to make people be more helpful. It's just like things are already happening that you're just not capitalizing on. Right. And the way that you can capitalize on those things potentially is by enhancing your employees mindfulness. Um, and The reason that we think that mindfulness will link to gratitude is because mindfulness tends to take you out of the thing that you're doing and allow you to have a broader perspective. So it shifts you out of what's like a more negative stress focused response that we have at work. Like all these things need my attention. And so my attention gets narrowed on these things that I feel are stressful. And until those things are resolved, I'm sort of just stuck in that place. Whereas mindfulness allows you to like separate yourself from those things and just see them or like observe them. Mm -hmm. And it broadens you out to, to have less of a negative, stressful perspective on things. And when you have less of a negative, stressful perspective on things, you can feel more positively than you would have otherwise. And when you feel more positively, that helps you notice positive things around you. Whereas if you just got stuck in that negative energy, you would do what I do when Brendan brings me coffee sometimes, which is not even notice that that had happened until far after it happened, or maybe you wouldn't notice it at all. Hmm. Yeah, I think it may, I mean, everything you're saying makes sense. And I know, um, like your example really resonated with me because I feel like I've done those things as well. You know, like actually this morning, Danny, uh, brought, went and got bagels for us, uh, for breakfast and like, I didn't even notice that he had left the house. Like that's right. how bad it is sometimes. <laughs> it's like, wait, he left and then he comes back and then there's like magically bagels. Um, <laughs> and then he, uh, I like grabbed a bagel and was like eating it and then I came back to my desk and he was like, not even a thank you. And I was like, oh man, I'm terrible. <laughs> You're like, but even... wait, these bagels just appeared here, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they are magic bagels? Hello. That's what uh, I figured. <laughs> yeah, so like, but I just had no, like, I was just so busy and wrapped up, like you're saying, and I wasn't even, like, I didn't have that mindfulness to, like, look up and, like, notice what had occurred or, like, even just put the right. dots together. Like, clearly the bagels were not magic, um, but I just didn't even, <laughs> like, think about it. So. Right. It, that is, I mean, I, I love it. I love that you yeah. did the study. Yeah. So that's, so that's basically one thing that you need in order to feel grateful is that you need to recognize stuff around you that you could be grateful for. The other thing that makes you even more grateful on top of that is if you think about and really appreciate the cost 
that somebody else took to do that nice thing for you. So it doesn't even have, so it's not just like, oh, someone did a nice thing for me. It's also like, what makes you extra grateful is like, wow, like that person was also busy. So like, you know, Brendan or Danny also have stuff to do today, but they took time out to, you know, go do something nice for us. And, you know, Danny had to get in the car and drive and stand in line at the store and get the bagels and bring them back. And then, you know, all that kind of stuff. So when you're in a mindful space, you're also better able to take other people's perspective. You're able mm-hmm. to like put yourself in someone else's shoes better because you get like decoupled from yourself and you're not in like that, like more like self-centric mindset. So when you're able to get out of yourself, not only are you able to get like removed from these stressors that allows you to like broaden your horizons to recognize more positive things around you, like people helping you. But also once you recognize it, you're less likely to view things in like a self-centric lens and you're more likely to be like, oh, wow, like that person took time out of their day to do something nice for me. That makes me extra grateful that I recognize the cost that it took them to do that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because it is... (laughs) <laughs> yeah we don't I didn't recognize the cost in that moment and I I feel like I'm not saying anything sensical but I I get where you're going and I think it's really interesting um I think it's really interesting that you guys land on this question and so this is kind of fun because you've done this study was it this type of experience that you've had like with Brendan that made you think about that or yeah. are you now seeing those examples um after you found what you found so We were kind of interested in gratitude as a variable because there's not a lot that people know about how to prompt gratitude. And I had an opportunity to collect some data on from a a mindfulness, um, a group called that was doing mindful Mondays. Um, And basically that group met every Monday uh, and it was it was within my prior employer um, that that group met every Monday, faculty, staff, whoever wanted to join to do an hour of mindfulness during lunch break. And um, so I recruited people um, from that study, obviously had some interest or interest level in mindfulness. Um, I had the opportunity to collect some data. And so when we started thinking about, well, what might we what research question might be interesting to ask within this sample of people who are participating in mindful Mondays, this idea of gratitude came up. Um, And so we started working through the model, which initially was mindfulness should prompt gratitude for the reasons that we said Uh, it makes you more aware of the benefits around you and more aware of the costs that the person had to spend to get those benefits to you. Um, And then once people are grateful, what happens? And so Um, Based on the literature on, you know, uh, just gratitude and helping behavior more broadly, um, a lot of people think that gratitude is just kind of like, a oh, I feel guilt. I feel thankful. And so I should give you something back like this idea of reciprocity, like you do something for me. So now I'm kind of indebted to you. So I have to do it back to you. Right. But Mm -hmm. our model is much more positively psychologically oriented. It's like, oh, when I feel grateful, I'm more motivated to want to help other people because I'm in this like positive other oriented state. So it's not like, Oh, I'm indebted to you or I feel bad or like I want something from you in the future. You know, it's not this self-centric focus that we've had on um, some like reciprocity exchanges before. Um, It's this idea that when you're sparking 
this process using mindfulness, you're like in this positive other oriented state that then makes you recognize these things and the benefit and the costs. Then you feel grateful. And then when you feel grateful from that perspective, you're like, I now want to go out and help other people. And then when you want to go out and help other people, you do actually go out and help other people is what we find. Um, and so kind of it came from this idea of we were interested in gratitude and then had this opportunity to collect data from this Mindful Mondays group. And it all kind of came together from there. Nice. Um, yeah. And and so um, I'll get a little bit into the data because I basically just described our model. Mm-hmm. But um, we have four studies and um, across, <laughs> which is yeah. why it took so long. <laughs> it took forever. And um, when we first initially submitted actually this paper, all that we had was the third study. Um, oh, wow. So we added three studies in the review process. Um, so it was quite a beast to do. Um, <laughs> but that very first study is the one that we got from Mindful Mondays. Um So um, maybe I'll walk it backwards, like the way that it went in the review process, because that's maybe the logical, it's not how the studies flow in the paper, but um, I'll just walk it through that way because I already talked about the model. So basically in that study, we had people take surveys every Tuesday and Thursday for six weeks. Uh, They took a big survey up at the front of the study and a big survey on the back end of the study. And for six weeks, they took a survey every Tuesday and Thursday, and they were participating in Mindful Mondays on Monday. Um, And they would rate their mindfulness, their gratitude, their pro-social motivation, which is whether or not you want to help other people, um, at the end of each day. And then once every two weeks, a coworker that they nominated would rate them on the extent to which they had helped that person the, the extent to which the person who was in the study had helped them over the course of the last two weeks. Hmm. So we had multiple sources of data plus multiple time points. Um, and what we found was that when individuals were more mindful, they were more grateful, they were more pro-socially motivated. So all those things were linked. And then the average amount of those predicted the average amount, the helping behavior of the coworker over that two that the coworker reported over that two week period of time. So basically when you're more mindful, you feel more grateful, you're more socially motivated. And then the coworkers were saying when all those things were higher, the coworkers were also saying, yes, this person helped me more. Cool. That's really cool that you had coworker data there. So it's like, yeah, we know that it's not just, I'm saying, I feel like I might help more people. The coworker is actually saying, yeah, they help me all the time. Yeah, and we thought that there would be low variability in terms of the coworker being like, oh, this person always helps me or they never help me or whatever. Um, but we actually found that there was a lot of variability. Like we thought everybody would be saying, this person always helps me because they were nominated by the coworker. But actually we found a lot of variability. Like some people were like, no, this person never helps me. So, um, <laughs> so or like this person used to never help me and now they're helping me a little more as they get more mindful over the course of the study. So, um, so, so that was question. pretty cool. Yeah. Were you only looking at people that did Mindful Mondays or did you look at other people at the organization that uh, that were not doing Mindful Mondays? Yeah. So we only included people that did Mindful Mondays, but we didn't use Mindful Mondays or the amount of time they spent on Mindful Mondays as the predictor. That was just sort of an avenue to find people that were doing mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um we basically measured the amount of mindfulness that they felt that day using a scale of mindfulness, like asking people questions about their mindfulness. So it wasn't that we were saying like, Oh, participating in mindful Monday made them more mindful. That's just kind of where we got people from. Um, it was more the variation on a daily basis of how mindful they reported being. 
Got it. So it could be that like I am somebody that participates in Mindful Monday and on Tuesday I feel super mindful and uh, and I report that and I th- and I also feel a lot of gratitude and I feel like I want to help people and then my coworker says, yeah, she helped them. But then like two weeks later, maybe on a Thursday, I'm like, eh, I don't feel that mindful. <laughs> I don't do exactly. this. And I may not have gone to Mindful Monday. We don't really know. That's not part of it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. We did control for the amount of time people spent in mindfulness training. So um, it's not it's not about how many minutes of mindfulness they did. It's really about how mindful they were feeling that day. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. Yeah. So that was with 99 pairs of coworker and target participant. Then basically what the reviewer said was like, okay, you measured mindfulness, which I get. You measured mindfulness, gratitude, and pro-social motivation all at the same time on each day. So it's unclear which precedes which, right? Because they're all measured mm-hmm. at the end of the workday. So we know that they're all related somehow, but we don't know exactly how they're related. So what they basically said was we'd like to see an experiment that shows sort of the causal link between mindfulness and gratitude. And then we'd like to see some other more rigorous study that basically cements these relationships and tells us how mindfulness links to gratitude. So we had said in the paper that we thought that it was because of this recognition of benefits and recognition of the cost of those benefits, but we hadn't tested those avenues within this particular, we just were hypothesizing that that's what mindfulness did to prompt gratitude, but we hadn't measured that. So they wanted us to both explain why mindfulness was linked to gratitude with data. And they also wanted us to have more of a causal, um, more causal evidence for why mindfulness was linked to gratitude. So what did we do? Okay. So we collected, um, survey data from about 200 people and, um, we had them listen to a recording, a mindfulness recording, um, within this particular, uh, within this particular study. So we had them go in, we got this data from MTurk and we had them listen to an eight minute audio recording. So, uh, we had a trained mindfulness instructor record this, uh, recording for us. And then they, the participants would go into the study and they listened to the, uh, mindfulness, uh, eight minutes of mindfulness, asking them to focus on their breathing and connect with the present moment. Or when they went in, they got nothing. So either they listened to eight minutes of mindfulness and then took our survey or they didn't get anything. And then they took our survey. Okay. And our survey then asked them about the extent to which they experience gratitude. So I'm grateful to a wide variety of people. I have a long list of things to be grateful for. I have so much in life to be grateful for. And then um, at the end, to measure their willingness to help, we basically asked them if they would be willing to help us for an unpaid task at the end of the study. Um, and we basically said, like, researchers don't have a lot of money. And oftentimes we have to, you know, make decisions about what studies we can pay for and what studies we can't. For this particular study, we don't have any funding. Um, It's rating videos and saying how high the video quality is. Are you willing to help us with this unpaid task? And if so, how many videos are you willing to rate? (laughs) Um, And so they think that they're going to be redirected to a different survey to help us with that if they say they're going to help us with more than zero videos. Um, And we asked them on a scale of one to seven um, how many videos they want to help us with. Um, So what we found in there is that Uh, The people that went through the mindfulness um, uh, manipulation, so they listened to the mindfulness, uh, were higher on gratitude and higher on willingness to help than the individuals who didn't listen to mindfulness. So uh, they reported being more grateful, and then they also uh, said that they would be willing to help us do more of these videos for no money. 
That's hilarious because I also imagine when they realize they don't have to do it, like how grateful they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, yes. Amazing. Like, sweet. <laughs> like I volunteered. I'm so grateful that I'm going to help you. But then, oh, I don't actually have to do it. Well, I'm right. very grateful. Perfect. This don't have amazing. to do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we did that. Um, so that kind of shows like our baseline model and some causality between mindfulness and gratitude. Mm-hmm. And then the next study is actually the most beastly study, which is the experience sampling methodology study. So for that study, we actually followed people over the course of two work weeks. We had them take four surveys a day, a morning survey, a late morning survey, an afternoon survey, and an evening survey, 8 a.m., 11 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. every day for 10 work days. Um, and individuals filled out measures of uh, mindfulness in the morning Positive affect in the late morning. So remember, shifting you into a more positive state. Perspective taking in the late morning, being able to see things from other people's perspective. Gratitude in the afternoon. And then pro-social motivation, how much they wanted to help people today at work, and then how much they actually did help people that day at work in the evening. Um, And basically, our whole model worked. So people who were more mindful on a daily basis reported higher positive affect and higher perspective taking, which led to higher gratitude, which led people to be more likely to want to help other people, which actually led them to report helping people more across that um, set of 10 work days. So this is that study that you were posting on Instagram, right? Yes, correct. I do remember that because I think my cousin might be one of your participants. <laughs> yes, she might be. Um, yeah. And I actually, if she is, she'll get this paper because we're, we are going to send it to everybody. But um, yeah, we had about 100 people go through this um, study and complete the whole thing. Um, so that is pretty awesome that we got 100 people to take four surveys a day for two work weeks. Um, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Lot. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> this is like a beastly. Uh, in honesty, this is a beastly paper. Yeah. Um, And then, so we did that. We sent it back to them with those two new studies. And then the last thing that they wanted was that they felt like there wasn't enough of an understanding of the link between um, mindfulness and sort of what are people grateful for? So like, the, it's this idea that there's all these things around us that for which we could be grateful, but mm-hmm. and that was kind of how we were hinging our theory. But if that's true, then we should be able to see that not just people are rating themselves as more grateful, but that if it's true that they're recognizing more benefits and the cost of those benefits, then people should actually be able to tell you not just that they're more grateful, but that like in the absence of being mindful, I'm actually missing things around me that I didn't otherwise see. So they were hoping that we could demonstrate in another way how gratitude manifests. Um, You had some very tough reviewers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those three Uh studies weren't enough. Now we need a fourth Uh one. Yes, that is accurate. Um, (laughs) So this one was actually really cool and it's the last one. So we had people listen to a 16-minute mindfulness intervention this time so they went on they either listened to a 16 minute mindfulness intervention or they listened to nothing and then we asked them to list out things in their lives that they were grateful for at that moment and what we found was that when raiders were uh when the people in the study had gone through the mindfulness condition versus not having gone through the mindfulness condition um they were much more likely to have a longer list of things that they were grateful for um and in fact uh they were they reported 58 percent more blessings compared to those assigned to the inactive control group so our idea that it's not just oh it makes you just 
feel grateful because mindfulness is a positive thing and gratitude is a positive thing and they're just related because they're both happy states actually shows that putting yourself putting a similarly situated group of people through a mindfulness training versus not makes that group of people more likely to recognize things around them than otherwise. That's really cool. I mean, I know it's a lot of work and you went through a million hoops to get all four studies done, but the results are really interesting. And let me see if I've um, got it, basically, all the results and how it all summarizes. So, okay, so basically you're finding that if someone is more mindful, they are more likely to say that they have more gratitude, plus they're more likely to actually identify more things they're grateful for. Which leads them to be more willing and interested in helping other people. And then they do help more people. Exactly. Yep, you got it. And the only thing that's missing from that is that the reason that mindfulness links to gratitude is because it makes you feel happier and it makes you see other people's perspectives. So like you notice more things to be happy for and you notice how much it costs other people to do these things for you. So like those are the explanatory mechanisms. And to be honest, when we ran that model that had one, two, three, four, five, six variables in it in a structural equation model with all the controls that we had to add and all that kind of stuff. We were like, there's no way this is, we're <laughs> going to like break the computer. And then when it worked, we were like, what? <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. Our theory is so good. It's yeah. Like, so we were so happy. We're like, we're right. We knew it. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, so yeah, that's basically the model. And If workplace, so basically if you want workplaces where people help each other more and you want them to help each other for a genuine, like really pro-social reason, the best thing to do is to shift them into a state of gratitude where they're really feeling like, wow, I'm just like, gratitude is emanating from me because I'm seeing my environment differently. So you don't need to change anything about the environment necessarily. You just need people to recognize what's already happening around them which is a bunch of positive things that they might be too mired in stressful stuff to recognize. So the way to do that is to encourage employees to take some time for mindfulness. And as we've discussed before on this podcast, you can enhance your mindfulness with very short interventions. Like the one, you know, study we used an eight minute intervention. So we're not talking hours here. We're talking, you know, a few minutes to help your employees to disconnect from what they're doing and really step out of themselves, shift into a different kind of mindset, take other people's perspectives. And those eight minutes could, you know, spur a whole chain of feelings in that person that ends up resulting in them helping other people. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, this is one of those things where, you know, we talk about like what kinds of programs are people giving from a wellness perspective? Well, if you have a mindfulness program, (laughs) it might be good to keep that around and to really encourage the use of it. Uh, Because obviously, one, people are going to benefit, right? If you feel more grateful, you feel more positively awesome. You're also going to be getting help from your coworkers if they're all doing this. So that's great. Uh, But then also from like a business perspective, like we need employees to support each other and give each other the help that they need to get their work done so that the company can function effectively. So it makes a lot of sense. And I think uh, organizations just need to be able to communicate that effectively and help leaders support that. I mean, there's no reason why there couldn't be like a mindful minute before like some weekly meeting, Uh, you know, little things like that that you can do and implement pretty quickly and painlessly that could make a really big impact on the culture overall. 
Yeah. And especially now with people leading in remote teams and having to think about how do we promote collaboration, teamwork, connection, um, all those kinds of things. I think that it becomes even more important for us to make sure that people aren't like isolated in their own like stress bubble (laughs) where they're not noticing things that are happening around them because they're just like alone and able to kind of get even more in their own heads than they maybe would have been before. Um, So I think that mindfulness might become even more important in this arena. And before you invest a bunch of money in things that are aimed to help people, you know, either uh, help each other more because there's some incentive to help each other more or to, um, you know, or an appreciation program where, you know, you're asking people to thank each other, but who knows how much they remember of what they're thankful for. Just try something very simple and low cost and low time investment, like encouraging your employees to participate in small doses of mindfulness each day. And um, from what our research shows pretty rigorously across multiple studies, um, (laughs) it can actually have uh, an impact on some stuff that employers care quite a bit about. Yeah, it's really I love it. It's cool. I know it was a pain to go through all of those studies, but I think it really told a very complete story. Um, which obviously then leads to more of an argument for organizations to really leverage this research and do something about it. And I agree with you. I mean, magic bagels are not magic bagels. Someone brought them. (laughs) (laughs) So that's our quote for the week. People, magic bagels are not magic bagels. If you take away one thing from today. (laughs) But it's true, you know, like thinking about when you're remote and getting really, like you said, you're, distracted by a million things at once potentially and if you're really busy like it's so easy to forget and um and not see what is happening around you and so I think it makes a lot of sense that in this remote environment it's even more important yeah totally yeah so if you're a manager try some mindfulness yourself role model it for people around you if you're someone who makes decisions about the organization access to a subscription something like headspace they give it to us at gw it's awesome um can be super helpful for encouraging employees to participate and then if you're an employee try to block a tiny bit of time out on your calendar um each day to engage in some mindfulness and you may end up feeling more positively and taking other people's perspectives and feeling more grateful and more motivated to help other people and helping other people too so um that's basically it Yay. Well, thank you so much for sharing and congratulations on getting this published and all the hard work. Um, You definitely deserve it and a really good journal. So that's a big win. Yay. 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 Um, And thank you for (laughs) listening. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, congratulations again. So excited that we were able to share this specific article. Um, For all of our listeners out there, if you have any questions, especially about this article, you know Katina can go super deep into it. So feel free to reach out. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. You can find us at workerbeing.com, on our social at workerbeing, on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And we would love for you to rate the show if you are enjoying it, share it with somebody else, and make sure you're subscribed. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh.